The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work our fingers to the raw nubby bones every single week, 52 weeks a year for over 25 years now to bring you the (laughs) inspiration. Yeah, that's all the sympathy I'm going to get, isn't it? The inspiration and information you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Mike, I need whatever machine that is to just carry around with me all the time so that I can have appropriate sound effects for every situation. That's that's awesome. Looks a little heavy, though. Maybe I'll just have to make my own sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, because like, like if you told a really funny joke and nobody laughed, could you like... Wow! <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I love it. You should use that more often. Whenever you make a really great point, you should you should do that. Uh, so anyway, it's real life real estate investing. Just uh, geeking out here on the fun machinery in the studios here at UMKV and WLHS. Um, but we are going to talk about real estate. And the first thing we're going to talk about is for those of you in the greater Cincinnati area or who can get here tomorrow, uh, Cincinnati RIA's in-person meeting is tomorrow night, Thursday night. And it is a really good one because, uh, gosh, we have two of the six wild, wonderful women of real estate reunited for one night only. Uh, Dwan Bent Twyford is going to be talking about the short sale market currently. And actually, it's a little broader than that because she's going to talk about uh, what is happening, why there are more homeowners right now who are actually underwater on their mortgages than there have been for 15 years. We haven't, we haven't seen a lot of underwater owners in, well, probably since 2012, called 10 years. Uh, but there's a ton of them right now. And... Banks aren't being super anxious to work with them. So um, that that's an interesting opportunity to use short sales, again, to get deals that um, we haven't seen around for a while and to also help those homeowners gracefully exit their properties. And uh, so she's going to talk about all those things and also kind of how to, how to get started building that business in foreclosures while the opportunity is there. Uh, at the early meeting at six o'clock, I will be talking about wrap mortgages. What the heck's a wrap mortgage? Well, if, if you don't know, it's one of those uh, strategies that a lot of very sophisticated investors know and use. 
and they use it in two ways. One is to get cheap money, and the other one is to invest money at very high rates of return. So I've got an hour to try and untangle wrap mortgages for you and explain how to use them. So it is in person. You will need to reserve a seat at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com because uh, since last year when we started having this live meeting again, the number of attendees has just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. And we are we actually very close to running out of seats last month. So we need to know you're coming. CincinnatiRIA.com if you don't happen to be in the Cincinnati area, but you do happen to be in the Columbus area. Uh, that same meeting is going to occur next Tuesday, and you could get your seat for that at coreerocks.com. That's C-O-R-E-E-R-O-C-K-S dot com. Neither of those things, though, is our topic today. Our topic today is one of those one of those strategies that if your dad or your granddad was in real estate back in the mid-70s to mid-80s. They would be able to tell you all about them. But because of changes in the economy and whatnot since then, they've kind of been all but forgotten, even though they're a really cool strategy. And it's 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 become new again because guess what kind of economic conditions we have now inflation rising interest rates any of that sound familiar to you folks who lived through the mid 70s to the mid 80s it's called equity sharing agreements or equity sharing arrangements and it's a way to maybe partner up with some people to buy a, a home for yourself or a rental for yourself or partner up with people who have a rental but don't have the money to get one and get yourself part of a rental. It's it's. I'm just going to let our guest explain it. <laughs> My guest today is Dave Corsi, who is actually from uh, Oceanport, New Jersey. We don't we don't actually get a ton of New Jersey investors here on real life real <laughs> estate. New Jersey has its own set of um, interesting challenges around the whole <laughs> real estate investing oh, yeah. thing, but uh, Dave has made it work. He is the president of Imria in sort of the Newark-ish area. They don't meet in Newark, but think that area. And uh, he's joining us today by phone. Dave, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, Vina. Thanks for having me. And boy, you made me feel very old with the dad and granddad comment. <laughs> oh, come on. You weren't investing in the, in the mid seventies. You just. No, but the early eighties I was. Oh, okay, dad. That's cool. <laughs> um, so, so. Anyhow. Talk, talk a little bit about, um, sort of your own personal journey into real estate and into the thing that you're really well known for, which is, uh, like creative real estate investing. Okay. Uh, I started in the early 1980s. One night late, I was watching television, and there was a fellow who used to do a show called David Suskind. For all you dads and granddads out there might remember him. <laughs> he used to do a talk show, and he had a fellow on by the name of Robert Allen who had written a book called Nothing Down. And I was intrigued because I always liked real estate, didn't know much about how I could get involved. But I like the concept. And then they mentioned, so um, they were also doing seminars around the country. 
make a long story short, ran out, bought the book, loved the concept. Then I was looking for a seminar to learn more about it, and I was waiting for Robert Allen to come. He never came, but another gentleman by the name of Al Lowry, who had a similar type of situation, uh, was doing seminars around the country. So this was in 1982. I went to his three-day seminar, and that's what started me off on my investing career. And they had started a group right around then in New Jersey called the Lowry Group for graduates of the course to kind of help one another, you know, the forerunner of all today's real estate investment groups. Mm-hmm. So I joined that, and nearly 40, well, 40 years later, I am the president of that group. <laughs> <laughs> you hang around, it's hang been around a those, long, crazy road. <laughs> you hang around those nonprofit groups long enough, eventually they're going to shove that president badge on you, whether you like it or not. But I know, That is true. I know that is so true. You've worked very hard on Metro RIA and have done a lot to uh, grow it and make it make it more beneficial to all the members and to bring in, you know, new kinds of members, younger members, and sort of pass some of this stuff that, uh, you know, honestly, if if people who did creative finance because they had to do creative finance because interest rates were 17% in 1982, right. don't pass it on to the next generation, it's going to get lost. And that would be a shame because it is a really valuable thing to know how to do. So, when we come back from the break, we're going to, we're going to dive into this idea of equity sharing agreements, equity sharing arrangements. They're called a number of different things. And, uh, you folks who have not heard that term before need to, need to really listen up because, uh, this is a strategy that, um, you're going to, you're going to see a way to use it, whether you're somebody who's looking for a home to own, whether you're somebody who's looking to, raise money for to buy rental properties or whether you're somebody with money who is desperately trying to find a rental property to buy that works. We are also going to take your questions at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. Or you can send them to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Dave Corsi about equity sharing agreements. And uh, man, Dave, I was just thinking during the break that if we came up with a new name for these, it was like really sexy sounding, like, (laughs) like, like, um, miracle partnerships or something like that. We could convince everybody that we had invented it. And then we could write a oh, course and we could go on the internet and say, look, we invented this new thing and, I, and yeah, we'd be famous. Maybe we'd be on, was it David Suskind? Was that the name of the show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, could do that. Uh, first though, I'd like to mention everyone. I really want to thank Vina. She mentioned our club has grown. She has been instrumental in giving us ideas. She's absolutely brilliant at it and has helped us in so many ways Aww. that we never even thought of. And I really just want to thank her for that. Aw, thanks, Dave. Um, so uh, equity sharing agreements, high level overview. Sure. Uh, how, uh, what, okay. what, what, what are they? How do they work? And then maybe, maybe people can start to slot them in their heads around other types of creative finance that they know about. Okay. Actually, equity sharing is rather simple. It is simply a partnership where 
Think about it. If I buy a business, let's say I buy a deli with a partner and we, you know, run the deli and then 10 years later we sell it for a profit and we split the profits. That is a form of equity sharing. Mm -hmm. And that what makes equity sharing in real estate, what we're talking about tonight, unique is the status of the parties involved. For instance, generally, one of those equity share partners is what we call a user. That means it's somebody who will be living in the property. For instance, I buy, let's say Vina would like to buy a house, but she doesn't have the money for the down payment. She comes to me. I say, okay, Vina, I will fund the down payment and we will split the profit when we sell the property in the future, let's say 10 years from now, because she says, Dave, I'd like to stay there 10 years. I say, terrific. So I put up the down payment. And then in 10 years, when we sell the property, I would receive 50% of the profit and Vina would receive 50% of the profit. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, during that 10 years, assuming that this is a, this is a user investor relationship, I live there. Right. You mentioned that, that the reason I need your money is because I don't have enough down payment for the bank to be happy with, or maybe I need a bigger down payment to bring my mortgage balance down to the point where I can qualify for it because interest rates have gone up two points in the past six months. Maybe that's my problem. Exactly right. Or you would have not enough to avoid PMI. Mm -hmm. So you okay. may want, not want to have that PMI. You'd like to have more equity, whether it's with a partner as opposed to having to pay PMI insurance to Uncle Sam, which can be very expensive. Very expensive. Okay, so um, in this scenario that you're outlining, I am a homeowner wannabe of some sort. And right. you are a guy who's got cash sitting around that you're just going, man, where am I going to put this that's going to get me a decent return? <laughs> just, I, right. I can't find anything. Yeah. I We're going to own the property together. Stop me if I'm stop me if I'm wrong here. We're going to we're going right. to own the property together, but I am going to live there and be responsible for the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance, and the maintenance and all the stuff that homeowners are responsible for and you're just going to kind of sit until I decide I'm done with the house or we get to that point in our agreement where we have agreed that the house will be sold. And at that point, I'm giving up half of whatever equity there is in a, in the house because we've still got to pay off the mortgage. Correct. Okay, so, so as the investor, what you're hoping for is that we have 10 years of appreciation. So the house, Correct. let's, let, let's, let's try and put some numbers around this. It doesn't, that doesn't work great on the radio all the sure. time. Cause you know, I'd like to have a whiteboard behind me <laughs> and be able to show people the numbers. But, um, in, in Cincinnati, a, a, a good starter home in a, in a pretty decent school system might run, uh, 200,000. Let's just say you know, for a round okay. number. And I need to put down 20% both to avoid so that mortgage insurance and also because okay. that will get my, that will get my loan balance down to 180, which maybe I can qualify for on my income where I couldn't qualify. It would for, be 160, wouldn't it? Uh huh. Oh, sorry. One, 160. That'd you're be right. 40,000. You're right. Okay. So, so I can't qualify based on my income for a $190,000 mortgage, but I can for $160,000 mortgage. So I understand from my right. perspective why this is good. Right. And so you're going to put up the 40. Correct. Leaving a mortgage of 160. 
and let's say we do agree that in 10 years the property will be sold, what you're hoping for is that in 10 years the property is now worth 280 and what we're, what we're splitting right. is $80,000 in growth. So right. do you get so do you get your $40,000 that you put down back before we start talking about the equity? Yes, you do. Because okay. now you you get now remember these arrangements that there's endless possibilities and endless ways this can be structured depending on the needs of people. You mentioned before I'm kind of known for creative financing. And that's kind of where it comes in. In other words, when I do a deal, I don't look at negotiation as me trying to beat up on somebody or they're beating up on me. I try to bring people together and say, okay, what's your situation? How do we structure a deal that benefits everybody involved? Mm -hmm. And the same is true if I'm doing an equity share deal. In this case, you may say, Dave, you know, I, I don't really even need much tax shelter. Okay, so let's say then I will take the majority of the tax shelter because I'm in a high tax bracket. So instead of splitting the profit 50-50, Fina, I may say at the end, you'll get 75% of the profit because I've taken the depreciation, et cetera, the, all of that as an investor. Mm -hmm. And you and I'll get 25% of the profit. You take 75. Meanwhile, right now, I take 75% of the write-offs and you keep 25% of the write-offs. Uh -huh. Which as a homeowner, I don't care about because I don't get write-offs. As a homeowner, exactly you right. can, if you you can take all of the write-offs, how about that? You can take all of the available exactly. write-offs, and I will. Or we may say, or I may say, and what we normally, Vina, you've been paying down the loan, mm -hmm. so you will get seventy-five percent of whatever that loan has paid down during those ten years. I will only get twenty-five percent, or maybe I take zero percent. Mm -hmm. All depends on everybody's needs in the deal. Uh, the other, I, I think a lot like Pete Fortunato. Long term, I don't like selling things. I, can, I cry every time I think about all the properties we've sold over the years <laughs> and what they're selling for now. So I try to, I, I tend to be a keeper. So a lot of times it might be a deal. Now let's reverse this a little bit where I'm looking at a deal saying I can't get it to rent at that number, but I could bring in an owner occupant who can pay that number that at least will break even. And we may, it may be because I've structured a deal where I have a rapid amortization write-off. Let's say I borrowed the money from the seller of the property, and we did a loan that will quickly amortize. My problem is if I rent it, I don't make enough to pay down that loan in the 10 to 12 years. But if I put in an equity owner who will have an ownership interest, we can get that baby paid down to nearly zero. You just, you just, you realize you just jumped, jumped from like neutral to fifth gear. All I in, apologize. All I in one. I have a tendency. I apologize, folks. <laughs> uh, they'll so, have to come in November. So yeah, uh, yes, yes. I, that, this, that, this, <laughs> since you mentioned it. I apologize. Um, okay. Well, well, let's get back to the basic one. Okay. So well, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no. I'm, see, I'm fascinated with that second thing you said. <laughs> so, okay. so the, 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 the first, the first structure is is pretty straightforward. There's usually a bank loan. Usually the the home buyer's going to get it because they get the best rates and it's their house sure. anyway. Um, after ten years, maybe the house is worth two eighty. Maybe the mortgage is paid down to one thirty. So house sells for two forty. Dave gets the first forty thousand because that was his cash investment. That leaves right. us two forty 
less the mortgage. That's a hundred thousand dollars that you you and the homeowner are going to split. Pretty correct. Pretty simple. And and you you added some you know twists to it, like maybe the homeowner gets seventy five percent of the profit that was from the pay down of the mortgage from you know one sixty to one forty. We we can deal with that at at the summit. Right. Okay. The second deal is you actually went out and found the home. Right. You got an owner. It, you got an owner who who was who you, you know you said now <laughs> New Jersey numbers are different than Cincinnati numbers. So um, right, he sure. said he said yes you can have this starter home in the C plus B minus area for only four hundred thousand dollars and a <laughs> and yes I will I will take payments of two thousand dollars a month for the next two hundred months. So no, right. no, no interest on that, but, right. but high payment, you know, maybe it's even yes. 4000 a month. Folks, New Jersey is number one in the country in the highest property taxes. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do everything we can to keep that title. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, all, all seriousness, yes, so we'll have a very expensive monthly nut. Yes. So, so actually a better example would be 4000 a month for 100 months because that's, that's a high quick pay down. Right. right. I mean, that, that yes, that's, that's, exactly. that's paying out, paying off in eight and a half years. But when you add in your literally in New Jersey, $1,200 a month in real estate taxes to that, um, right. you, you've got a property that might only rent for 5,500 and your monthly nuts 5,200. So, right. so realistically, by the time you've taken care of maintenance and repairs and all that kind of stuff, you're upside down. Right. So right. your, so if- your thought is go find a homeowner. Yeah, bring somebody who wants to be an owner, is tired of renting at those ridiculous amounts we have to charge in New Jersey. You bring them in, and you tell them, hey, here's the deal. You could get in, and with very little money. You want them to have some skin in the game, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, like like anything like people should have learned in 2008, and hopefully they will. But in the meantime, so if you said to me, well, Dave, I have $15,000. Now, obviously, on a $400,000 house, that's not much, but it's enough for me to feel that you are going to be serious about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I've checked you out, and things check out. Number one thing when you're dealing any of these deals is the quality and the character of the people involved. If you feel that they're – and if they tell you about people they've done deals with and they've – or. You know, Vina, you've heard people, I've had people come to me and tell me how they've beaten people on other deals and looking to do a deal with them. I'm thinking, are you serious? Pass. <laughs> I don't deal with anybody looking to cheat somebody. I'm sorry. That's, the idea is for everybody to benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in that deal, right, so it'd be quick loan pay down. Now, let's say that house was for, went for 400000 And let's say it didn't even go up in value. But mm-hmm. at the end, because the tenant paid it off, I ended up getting two hundred thousand dollars. They took the other two hundred thousand because we sell it for four hundred thousand net at the end. They get two hundred. I get two hundred. My two hundred is basically almost infinite because that property was paid off by that tenant every month for the last hundred twenty months. Well, and in this case, they're not really a tenant. I mean, I assume exactly if right. it's an equity sharing exactly agreement, right. you're actually transferring them. A percentage of ownership in the house, they get to live in, in there a, right. for ten years. In, in the simplest form, yes, you're correct. Okay. There's again variations. I will not go into that, <laughs> but yes, but you're absolutely right. Yes. When I say tenant, I I should be saying an owner occupant. Okay. Okay. So they get they get a place to live for ten years at at you know 
a payment that they can afford and probably wouldn't be right. able to qualify for with a bank because they only have $15,000 down on a $400,000 property. And then at right. the end, they don't get all the equity, but they do get half the equity. And who else is going to offer them a situation like that? Exactly right. So it's a win-win for everybody. Excellent. All right. So, you listeners, if your heads have not exploded and you have questions, 877-772-9658. If your heads have exploded, duct tape works really well to tape those heads back together. And then you can send us an email with your questions at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. The topic today is equity sharing arrangements. My guest is Dave Corsi. He is one of the eight Wake Up Wealthy speakers at the upcoming National Real Estate Summit on November 3rd through 6th here in Cincinnati. What makes the Wake Up Wealthy speakers different? Well, they are people who have particular expertise in in certain strategies or uh, are service providers who have expertise in things like uh, infinite banking and self-directed IRAs and who have no courses to sell. So uh, when we find somebody like that, we need to put them in front of you because, I mean, where else are you going to learn about equity sharing arrangements other than from Dave? And uh, that's just part of your summit tuition. Now, this is your last chance, ladies and gentlemen, to take advantage of the fact that Aria donated 25 tickets to the summit to WMKV and said, use them for your fund drive. And instead of marking up the price, which is what I would have done had I run the station, I would have been like, we've only got 25 of them. They're $500 a piece. Come and get them. Support public radio. They marked down the price so that it's actually $87 a person cheaper to get a ticket if you are... If you if you pledge to the station to get it now, I said it's your last chance. It's your last chance before the fun drive show next week, where I guarantee you all of them will be gone within the first twenty minutes. In fact, I'm hoping to just leave after twenty minutes and let let Mike play sound effects or or big band music or whatever it is he wants to do. George and Gracie, play some George and Gracie. I love George and Gracie. Um, if you want to get Get that deal before the fun drive show next week. The way to do it is go to WMKVFM.org, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and you'll see this thing that says 2022 National Real Estate Summit, and you can grab your tickets right online. And you're not going to see a better deal than that ever. In fact, we're even throwing in a six-hour negotiation course, a seller negotiation course. Um, that's $197 if you buy it separately and the ticket's only 137 So duh, go there and do that before those 25 seats run out. Uh, so, um, Dave, uh, we are getting yeah. a lot of questions that are coming in via askina at gmail.com. Uh, there, there was one other thing that I, I kind of wanted to make sure that we got to just so that we didn't leave it unsaid. Uh, which is 
we've been talking about doing these things with homeowners and homeowners right. totally dig it. You know, the right ones, you know, somebody who's got 20% down, they're not interested, <laughs> you know, somebody who can buy the house they want on the income they want, they, uh, the income they have, they don't care. But I just right. ran across a, a home buyer last week who is looking at houses that are $230,000. That's the house they like is the $230,000, but the bank only qualified them for 210 on their income. So to get the $230,000 house, they need 20,000 more dollars in down payment than they have. The bank's not saying you can't buy a $230,000 house. They're just saying, we'll only loan you 200. (laughs) They don't don't care what the other 30. Yeah, they don't they don't care what size house you buy. They just care how much how right. much they will qualify you for. So, you know, they're looking for a house in in neighborhoods that I really like that I would be happy to own half half a house in. And so the next step for me is sit down with them and explain how this works and just say, you know, here's what you're giving up. You're giving up half of the back end. Here's what you're getting. Right. You're getting the house you want. <laughs> and you're, you're and you're getting it at the same payment as the $210,000 house that you don't want <laughs> that you're shopping for right. right now. And we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's not, nobody's jamming this down anybody's throat. Um, Champagne taste, beer budget. That's uh, well, it's more like, um, it's more like, uh, I'm trying to think of a high end beer. I don't drink beer. Um, <laughs> it's more like, it's, it's more like a uh, craft beer tastes on a Sam Adams versus Budweiser yeah on a light oh um, Little Kings that was the big thing here in Cincinnati Little Kings cream ale when we were in high school not not that any of us ever drank in high school because that's wrong children that's wrong Uh, but Little Kings (laughs) cream ale you could buy like a like a six pack for two dollars that was the the good old days yeah the good old days um this can also be used between investors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it could be one. Um, what I like to talk to people about, I, I, I refer a lot of times to somebody like Warren Buffett, because a lot of times real estate, if you're a long-term hold guy, in effect, you're kind of emulating what Warren Buffett does in the stock market. You notice there are two types of financing, debt financing and equity financing. Berkshire Hathaway was built on equity financing, meaning that Warren Buffett said, okay, people, give me your money. I will make investments. I will buy assets, and then we will split the profits. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the same as equity sharing on a house. Mm -hmm. No Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of newish investors out there who would love to be buying some rental properties, and they're even really good at turning up good deals. Right. But then they find one that it's a it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house that the seller will let them buy for, you know, a hundred and ten subject to their ninety thousand dollar mortgage. But they're short the twenty thousand dollar down payment and the twenty thousand to stabilize it. Right. Now, all you folks listening now, imagine you're a member of uh, Cincinnati or anywhere in the country and you have that opportunity to buy that house, but you're short on the capital. I am sure there will be people within your group who would be more than happy to fund that and split the profit with mm-hmm. you. That is equity sharing. And in, in that case, the, the cash partner is usually not just splitting the back end, but also the cash flow in between and the, and the, and the tax Absolutely breaks. Right. So, 
the the person without the money is like the active person. They find the deal. Right. They usually, um, you know, oversee any rehab. They right. manage it. The cash person brings the money necessary to do the deals, the, do the deal, and they split everything fifty-fifty uh, or something else. Right? right? We all we just now, agree what how we're going to split it. Right? Can I go? I know I tend to go off a little bit. Can I go a little step beyond what we just did in that example? Sure. <laughs> okay. We have it for one ten. It's worth one fifty. How about we bring in somebody and give them an option that they get one half of anything over and above the one fifty, but they have a payment which will be a bit higher than normal, and they are responsible for the maintenance. So Meanwhile, you're getting all that all the amortization on that underlying ninety thousand dollar loan. Mm-hmm. You're getting a strong cash flow. And the person who has the option on it is thrilled because they have an opportunity to buy a house in a good area. And you, and in this case, it's different than what most people think about investor wants short term because you want that loan amortizing like crazy. You want it to be a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that deal benefits greatly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was next step up. <laughs> I would say probably, yeah. probably 5% of the audience immediately understood what you were saying and the okay. other 95% I, I wants to. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I just... <laughs> um, so you're, my mind when, when, sorry. You, when you come to the summit in November, you're going to hang around all three days, right? You're not just going to like give your talk Absolutely. and leave. Okay. So, so people are free yeah. to, Buy you drinks, uh, accost you in the hall, pick your brain. Absolutely. Okay. I love you know, helping people. I love answering questions for them. Yeah. And that's, and that is, you know, we, we always talk about the, the speakers who are at the summit and the topics that are at the summit, but the real value of the summit is getting to meet people like you. And, no. and, and, <laughs> get, and get, and thank you. And get, well, and, and, and get the years and years and years of experience, um, kind of conveyed to us okay so we're we're going to go to listener questions because there are so many and apparently um i'm going to suffer for a while over that your dad and granddad comment um because (laughs) (laughs) alan who's from arizona uh, he said, he actually sent a question and then he heard me say that and then he sent a comment which was, hey, I bought investment properties in 1968, 1970, and 1975. Wow. Some of us, some of us really like real estate. Why quit? But his, that's right. His question is actually the same one that we received earlier, okay. which is how are Equity sharing agreements, the same or different than what is what everybody is calling a SAM, which stands for Shared Appreciation Mortgage. Mortgage. Okay. It, it's one of the parts of actually many equity sharing deals, mortgage. For instance, let's say I own a house, and we've done this. I own a house free and clear that's worth $200,000. Mm-hmm. And... I don't want to be managing that property. It might be too far away. We manage our own properties, by the way. Um, I don't want to manage it. It's a little too far away, and the rent quite can't command what I'd like to get from a cash flow standpoint. So what if I was to sell them the property and give them, tell them, here's the deal. Normal interest rate right now is, say, 6.5%. What I propose is I will sell it. I will finance the property for you. I will finance it at 5%. 
Meanwhile, I will still retain about a 20% interest in any future appreciation over and above the 20, excuse me, the $20,000. Mm-hmm. The 200000 So that, that, and in fact, I've created an equity share mortgage. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but John Heyer just had an email blast yesterday talking about there's a big court case in favor of equity sharing mortgages by a district court. For for specifically for retirement plans. Using equity sharing mortgages, right? Yeah, Absolutely and, right for tax plans. And I think that's why we've gotten the same question two times as I think the same people who right. are listening to okay. Real Life Real Estate are listening to John Heyer. Um, so right. the 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 big thing with the shared the shared appreciation mortgage is that it is a way to do deals in your IRA 401k IRA. places where it's bad for you to have debt finance and places where it might be bad for you to have ownership of a high liability asset like a rental property right. so right. So, so the SAMs are you know, when you hear SAMs being talked about, they're normally talked about in regards to IRAs and four hundred one ks. These equity sharing agreements do involve co ownership. Correct. So it's going to be it's probably going to be something that your the the co owner quote unquote in the deal is going to be your LLC. Right. Right. Now think about the original example we did a very simple where we said. Uh, they were going to go to the, the bank for mortgage, but they couldn't afford uh, the down payment, et cetera. What instead if the IRA played the bank in this situation mm-hmm. and said, okay, because they're thinking it's an up-and-coming area, it's going to be great. There's a couple they want to stay, they want to live there for 10 years so their children can finish high school or what have you. And uh, that you, you create the mortgage, shared appreciation mortgage, and then you retain 50% of all the appreciation on the property, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you in effect finance it instead of going to a bank. Mm-hmm. So your IRA both gets an interest rate that's that's lower than most people get excited about in their IRAs. But when you add back right. in the appreciation, now it's actually a really exactly good right. rate of return. <laughs> okay, so, exactly right. So question from David: uh, When the equity share agreement is with a homeowner. Do you have to put any agreement in place to protect yourself from Dodd-Frank? Okay. Um, are, are you financing the property? Where, where are you in that situation? Well, he's just David, that, that, he's that, just talking about a straight-up equity share. He did what you did. He put $40,000 down on behalf of the owner, and now they okay. co-own the property. Gotcha. Um, well, what he should do, obviously, you have to deal with state laws. Your local thing. So I would talk to a local attorney who's familiar with creative finance. You want to find a guy who's really understands real estate. And I'm not talking about white bread real estate deals, but creative deals. Um, as far as Dodd Frank goes, you what you can do is if you have your loan originator license, you can quote qualify them. In the example you he has, I would hire a, a mortgage broker to qualify them that they can afford the payment that will be coming out every month from them. Therefore, if anything goes wrong, they cannot claim that you, the experienced real estate investor, took advantage of them, Mm -hmm. which in the real world you wouldn't want to do anyhow. I I know personally my big thing is I just want my tenants to make the payment. Mm -hmm. 
You know, that, and I'm sure you're the same way. The key there is the quality of that money coming in every month that you know it's coming in. Mm-hmm. So it'd be very foolish for you to put somebody in under the guise, especially when you're holding the mortgage or paper, that you would either have to foreclose or get into some kind of court action with them. Mm-hmm. And, and David, I think, you know, I'm not an attorney, but as I think about your question, I would, I would make the argument that if it's a pure equity sharing agreement, if really all that is happening is a bank is making a loan or a loan's being taken over or something like that by the homeowner, and what you are doing is providing a down payment that doesn't have to be, quote, paid back, like you're not asking for payments on that. You're just saying, hey, when we sell it in 10 years, I get back my down payment and half of hopefully the growth. If it's loss, I get to take half of that, too. Um, so, So I don't think there's any... In a pure equity sharing agreement as opposed to a SAM, I don't think there's any finance being provided here. And I don't know that there's strictly Dodd-Frank repercussions, but Dave's, uh, the other Dave's uh, comments about, man, you have got to put it in writing, what's happening here, that everybody understands it, that everybody agrees to it. So true in every deal you do. Yes. And, And may I add... You make sure your paperwork is very simple that the the other party can understand. Mm-hmm. Very that true. That is so important. I watch people trying to make this very complicated, and it, it's really not. The, the key is to put in what you're trying to, you know, what the deal is about and convey, and keep it in simple, plain English. I mean, I've never been to court over anything, so thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it really, and a lot of it is because our paperwork is so simple. They are, people understand it and they appreciate that mm-hmm. because they feel more confident and comfortable with you because you're clearly explaining the benefits to them, how the deal works, and all your paperwork conforms exactly to what you've told them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I have a question here from Robert, uh, who is a frequent, not just listener to WMKV, but also a frequent supporter of WMKV. That is, it's a more an administrative question, so I will just go ahead and answer it. He says, you mentioned that the current summit price is 157. The price, if I make a pledge to WMKV, is 137, but you said it was an $89 discount. How does that work? Okay, so <laughs> the, the summit price is 157 and another 67 to be a VIP, which means you get the recordings of the whole event. You get a couple of receptions. It's cool. The 137 at wmkvfm.org, all the way down to the bottom of the page, includes VIP. So you get more stuff with it, and also that negotiation course. So there's the answer to that question. All right, um, let me flip back over to the whole question inbox. This is fascinating stuff, Dave. You should think about teaching. Oh, I'm glad you like it. You should, you should think about teaching like an all-day seminar about it because I feel like I need an all-day seminar to really understand all of the uh, pros and cons and paperwork here. Uh, okay, so um, question from Rob, not the same Robert, but from Rob. Uh, so I'm not quite understanding how I, as the investor, would own the property with this homeowner. Would we be tenants in common with both of our names on the deed, or would we create some kind of new entity to own it? 
You, uh, Rob, you can do both. Good question. You, what we've done a lot of times is had the property in a trust. And then the trustee is usually one of my entities. And then the beneficial interest would be, let's say, 50% to me and 50% to John and Mary Smith, who are the occupants and, quote, users of that property. Mm-hmm. That, that way... I really retain control because I am the trustee. Now, if I'm dealing with a bank, most likely a bank will not allow it. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you might do it where you've – I'm not up on the, the down payment rules in all the states, but let's say you put down a $20,000 down payment for them. You might create an equity share mortgage, as Vina was talking about before, which basically gives you a 50% interest in the future appreciation of the property. But then you may run into Dodd-Frank, et cetera. That's why I'm saying each deal is different, so you have to figure out how it works best. But simply what I would do is create a $20,000 mortgage against the property. Now, depending on if I'm looking to take tax write-offs or not, then I can protect that by recording an option against the uh, property that is secured by that mortgage. In effect, the mortgage is not securing a loan; it's securing the option. I hope I'm not getting too complex here. <laughs> well, that's sort but of. I am my apologies. That was sort of what I was thinking with this young couple was uh, actually buy a buy an option on their future property for twenty thousand dollars to get that money into their account because the bank wants to see it in their account right. before the closing, and then the option is to buy half the property after it's purchased. Right. So then I can exercise my option, price, right. buy half the property, the loan's already there, it's all good. Okay, uh, last Absolutely. question, and this one is from John. Of course, the thing that worries me here is that one of these two people doesn't do what they're supposed to do. For instance, the homeowner stops making payments, stops paying taxes, stops paying insurance, or doesn't take care of the property. What do we do in that situation? And you've got one minute, by the way, Dave. Okay, great question. Okay, here, here's what you're doing. You are protecting yourself, and you can have an, uh, a performance clause in your ob agreement that if they are not um, purchasing, uh, they are not following through, and you have to put money out. For every dollar you have to put out, you receive a dollar fifty back. So you're making fifty percent on your dollar. That usually would stop somebody in their tracks. Meanwhile, you would have in in your paperwork the right to take title to the property either via a foreclosure action mm-hmm. or have had some kind of option. Let's say it was a trust agreement. The trustee is, is authorized that to have a deed named in favor of the other party, meaning you, if the party that's occupying the property does not perform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's the last piece of advice we have time for. Very interesting stuff, Dave. I look forward to seeing your presentation at the National Summit on November 3rd through 6th here in Cincinnati. More information about that, wmkvfm.org, all the way at the bottom of the page. Don't forget the Cincinnati RIA meeting tomorrow night. Those of you who are here in town uh, about short sales and wrap mortgages, get your ticket at CincinnatiRIA.com. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.